I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. That is the title of today's message. That's the title of today's message. Glad everyone is here today. Let's welcome everybody who's watching online as well. We're thrilled to have each and every one of you with us. I'm so excited about what God has on the horizon for us as a church family today. A couple of weeks ago, we had Vision Sunday. If you weren't here, uh, let me get you up to speed. I gave the church family a picture or a snapshot of where we were last year and where I feel God is taking us this year. And there was a word that I felt God whispered to my heart for our church family for 2019. And that was this one word, mobilize, mobilize. Here's what the word means. Once again, it means to prepare and organize troops for active service. It means to organize and encourage people to act in a concerted way to bring about a particular objective, to marshal for action, ready for action, movement. It means to assemble and make ready for war. We are not a church that will be a spectator church. We are a church on mission to make it on earth as it is in heaven. And God is taking us somewhere, and since he has brought you to be a part of this family, he has a plan for your story intertwining with not just our story here, but more importantly, his story. Because really, at the end of the day, Jesus is the star, and we're all just supporting cast members in his play. And I am honored to be on this journey, and I'm honored that you are here. So again, I want to give a reminder that we as a church family, there's going to be a positive peer pressure here to keep on growing, to become who God has called you to be. I do not want one of us in this church the same at the end of 2019. I want to see us more like Jesus, loving people better, serving bigger, having died to more of ourselves and living more in line with the cause and the purpose of Jesus Christ. I can't cannot wait to see what's on the horizon for all of us together. Uh, but, but as we're talking about uh, mobilize, I, I have some truths that I want to make sure we, we pour into the fabric of our church. If you have your Bibles, look with me at, at Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, we're going to begin reading in verse, verse number one. It says, uh, now the tax collectors and sinners... We're all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Let me just pause there for just a second. Do you see who Jesus is hanging out with? He is with the tax collectors and the sinners. Now, some of us think, well, what's up with the IRS agents being there? Why, why is it a problem to have tax collectors there? Well, well in, in Christ's day, these tax collectors, these individuals, oh, man, they were hated by the Jews. Why? The, the Roman government was, during this time, oppressing the, the children of Israel, uh, the, the people of Israel. And these tax collectors, they, would, uh, they were lining their pockets with the money of the people these were usually Jewish people that worked for the Roman government, and they were going into their Jewish community saying, hey, your taxes are, let's say, $200. 
and when it was actually 100. And they take 100, give that to Rome, and they take the other 100 and put it in their pocket. And all the Jews knew this was happening. Rome even knew this was happening, but nobody cared except the Jews. They were being ridiculed. They were being robbed by their own people, so they could not stand these tax collectors. Then it says sinners. Who are sinners? You can look to your left and to your right if you want to know who that is. (laughs) You can also look forward as well. Sinners. Individuals that have missed the mark. People that have fallen and messed up. I just am grateful that we're not in some squeaky clean church family. We are people that have been through some stuff and And the grace of God has picked us up. I love that Jesus is around these people. I love that Jesus is around people that feel like maybe I'm too far gone. I've messed up too many times. I'm too deep into this pit. I, I did not know I was going to be in this, but I found myself in this. As a matter of fact, I feel like I'm living a double life. I'm one person on Sunday, but I'm somebody totally different throughout the rest of the week. And I don't even want to be that person, but I keep wondering, is God going to send some lightning bolt my way? Is he somehow out to get me? But what we discover from this is Jesus is actually, he actually moves towards individuals that feel like they're broken. He moves towards people that feel like they're lost. He moves towards people that might not even know that they're lost, But he loves you anyway and will speak truth and hope and life and grace even into your dark situation. This is the God that we serve. He's sitting with tax collectors and sinners and then the Pharisees, the church people, the pastors. (laughs) Religious leaders are like, oh, they're murmuring. What's he doing hanging out with? Doesn't he know she's divorced? Doesn't he know that he's battling pornography? Doesn't he know that he's a liar? Doesn't he know that nobody in the community respects him or her? Doesn't he know? Doesn't he know? They're murmuring, murmuring, not saying it out loud. Maybe they use it in the form of a prayer request like church people like to do. So you can be praying. Let me share this gossip. They're murmuring, 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 murmuring. Jesus hears their murmuring or perceives their murmuring and begins to share this in verse number three. Look at this. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Here, our Savior is painting a very, very clear picture. Which of you, if you lost your cell phone, would not stop everything you have going on and find 
your cell phone. All of us have fallen trapped to this. You've been late for meetings, late for work, late for church, late for all types of things because you lost your phone. This happens to us almost every day when we leave the house. We are pulling out of our driveway, and my wife is like, Earl, stop. Earl, can't find my phone. Can't my phone. Can you go look for it? I'm like, yes, I'm a good husband. I'm going to serve my wife. I'm going to lay my life down for her. I'm not frustrated in this moment before. This has never happened to us. So I go into the house with a great attitude every single time. Not true. And I go in and I'm looking for the phone. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And then I cannot find it anywhere. I'm grabbing pillows. I'm going looking in the laundry, in, in, the, in the dishwasher. I'm looking in the, uh, the, the dryer. I'm going everywhere I possibly can to try to find this phone. I can't find it anywhere. I'm looking under kids' beds. I get back to the car. Honey, I'm so sorry. I look so hard. And then she just pulls it. Slowly, slowly. I'm so sorry, honey. I'm so sorry. doesn't matter, honey, because it did not move me at all. I was happy to go and look around for that phone for the 498th time. But honestly, you, you, you know that feeling of losing something that insignificant. Think if you're a farmer in Christ's day, this farmer having 100 sheep would have been about a normal-sized farmer, and he's counting his sheep at night, making sure everyone is accounted for, and he is missing one. This farmer does not say, this shepherd does not say, this owner does not say, I don't care about that one. I've got 99. As a matter of fact, this shepherd, this farmer, this owner says, I've got to get up from where I am and I got to go out there. I got to find the one that belongs to me. I will look under every rock and cranny. I will go to the four corners of the world if I need to, to find who belongs to me. And it is a picture of who Jesus is. And even who Jesus has called his church to be, to be the ones that will leave the 99 and go after the one, to find the one that is lost. In, uh, in 1912, uh, there was an accident that took place, and it was when the Titanic sank. This ship was massive, okay? It was the best of the best, state-of-the-art No one thought this ship would ever sink, but an iceberg came into contact with that ship, and we all know who lost that battle. Here's a quick aside. No matter how big and awesome your life might be, it just takes one iceberg. It just takes one iceberg to remind you you're not as invincible as you think you are. It takes one doctor's report. It takes one boy, one boyfriend or girlfriend leaving you or cheating on you. It takes one spouse wanting to divorce you. It takes one school rejecting you. It takes one friend stabbing you in the back before you realize, oh my goodness, I actually have feelings. I am not invincible at all and my ship is sinking here all around me. Well, the interesting thing, about the Titanic, well, there's a bunch of interesting things, but one of the things that's very, very interesting is there were rescue boats connected to the Titanic. The problem is there weren't enough of them for the number of people who were on the ship. They were thinking, this ship can never sink. 
And there weren't a whole lot of regulations at the time to make sure every single ship would have the right amount of rescue boats. So they sent this ship out on its maiden voyage. And when it begins to go down and people begin to get in the boats, the captain can do the math rather quickly. There are more people than we have boats. People are about to die. They send out a distress signal. A couple of other boats end up turning around and they end up sending some of their rescue boats towards all the wreckage. There are people in the water, some screaming, some treading water, maybe thinking, I'm just going to be here forever. I can, I can do this for a long time, not realizing that it's going to be hours upon hours upon hours until any rescue boats are on their way. And all this wreckage and all these lives and all these people in the water. I was thinking, want to connect this with our word mobilize for the year. I want to make this abundantly clear for our church family. I, I want to paint a very, very clear picture of who we are as a church, who Shoreline City is, a part of our DNA. I need you to understand this, that we are not a cruise ship. We are a rescue boat. And these are two very different things. I have not been on a cruise yet. My mom loves cruises, okay? But I have not gone on a cruise. I'm just not interested in being in the middle of the water, just, you know, getting sick and paying for it. So I don't want to do that. But I've heard they're fantastic. I've heard if you want to watch a magician one night, you can watch a magician. But if you don't care for magicians, hey, and you want to go and you want to play poker, you can go over here and play poker. Or, but maybe you're like, no, I'm not doing cards. I like to dance. And you want to go over here and do salsa or samba. Or maybe you're like, no, I can't dance at all. All I want to do is sit by the pool or order pina coladas and chips and guacamole. And I want someone coming to me at my beck and call. You can do that. Some cruise ships, what I understand, you can even give them your children like for the whole day like here take them and you don't have to see them for the whole day but you don't have to feel guilty because you know they're close enough by you but you don't have to watch them come on parents you know what I'm talking about and they will bring back your children at night and your, ch- your children are so tired, you just get to put them to bed, kiss them on the forehead, feel like, yes, I am a good parent because I kissed you, though I did not want to be around you all day today at all. I've heard on a cruise ship, you have more food than you can even possibly imagine. You can eat and eat and eat. And if you don't like something, the chef will change up what he is making to your order. I have heard, I I mean, at your very fingertips is anything that you would want at any time. And many people are thinking this is what the church is. The church I like this entertainment over here, but if I'm not really feeling that, I want this entertainment over here, and I want someone to curate sermons for me, and don't talk about sin at all. That makes me uncomfortable. I just would like for you to say things that make me feel good about myself. Don't challenge me to grow. Mind your business, bald man. I am interested in doing my own thing when I want to do my own thing, thinking that you can curate the church to be what you 
want it to be. The reality is this is not a cruise ship and we are not entertainers. We are the church of Jesus Christ called to be his hands and his feet and we are a rescue boat going towards the wreckage of our world saying sons and daughters that are in the water we are here to see you saved. We are here to pull you up out of that water. That's not where God wants you all the days of your life. We are here on mission. So I, uh, you can tell I'm excited. Excited. Because I feel, not I feel, I know there is no plan B. Jesus died, rose again, and then said, church, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. I'm going to be with you always to the very end of the age, but I'm not asking you to stay. I'm asking you to go get in that rescue boat. Don't run from the wreckage. Go towards it. Don't run from the screaming. Run towards it. Well, they're dirty and they're they're sinners and I don't know. I might get wet. Hey, you were in the water one time too. Do not forget that God pulled you up out of that water. So I've got, I got some principles from the boat. Okay, got some principles. Those of you who like notes, I've got points today. Okay, I don't always have points. But I've got some principles from the boat that, that you, can, you get to jot down. You, you can write these things down. Here, here's the first one. Here, here's the first one. Here's the first, first principle. Straddling two boats will cause a split. This boat's a church. This boat's a church. Some of us... We like to be one foot here and one foot here. Now, I'm on a platform right now. This is level ground. Whenever you are in life, life is not level ground. It's a whole lot more like, anybody with me on that? (laughs) How in the world do you have the footing that you need to pull people out of the water the way you need to pull people? out of the water when your foundation is not strong yourself I am so glad we have people that visit our church week in and week out I love having you here but I also hear sometimes people say things like oh yeah I like to come here and I like to go there and I just want to let you know I do not think that is best for you this is the picture that I had when I was preparing this sermon that you need to go where God has called you and if he's called you here then put both feet in the boat and if he's called you there then put both feet in the boat listen to a podcast but stop playing going back and forth and back and forth because you're just going to split your life i got some more i got some more i got some more i got another point i got another point okay note takers no you're welcome note takers are you all in are you all in Maybe there was a day, you can remember, you were like, you were like in the boat. Yeah, my boat, excited, 
But if you're honest with yourself right now, you got like one leg. It's playing with the water. <laughs> feels good, feels good, feels good. This is, this is your, what your spiritual life looks like right now. I'm not, I'm not judging you. I have no stones to throw at you. Matter of fact, I have not mentioned anyone's name. So if you're getting offended like, right now like, you don't know my situation, I'm probably talking to you. <laughs> but it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit that's trying to grab a hold of your heart, saying, son, daughter, what are you doing with your foot in the water? Get your behind back in that boat because you are here to pull people out of the water, not play with the water. You are here on a rescue mission. Okay, what if, what, what, what if you're in the boat, you're in the boat, you're in the boat in the boat. You're angry. Arms crossed. Frustrated. Music is so loud. I don't even know the words to all these songs all the time. I'm trying to sing, try to follow along, but I can't follow along all the time. So many people here. I'm sitting right butt to butt cheek next to people in this church. I just want some space right now. What? How come I'm not leading that team? Why don't, they, why don't they have me singing yet? How come I got to go through growth track? Don't they know I went to Bible college? In the boat, in the boat, but offended, frustrated, arms crossed. You lost sight of the reason you're in the boat in the first place. This boat is not about you. (laughs) This boat is about him and rescuing the people that are in the water. And you're here complaining about stuff while there's drowning people all around you. Get over yourself for just a little while and remember why God put you on this planet. So here's a prayer I want you to pray. Here's a prayer. Simple prayer, simple prayer, simple prayer. Here's the prayer I want you to pray. God, give me your heart for your kids. Simple, simple prayer, but a powerful one nonetheless. God, give me your heart for your kids. If you want to be married, you can pray for your spouse. I encourage you to do that need a new job, or you want a promotion, you want to get your business off the ground, I encourage you to pray for that too. I encourage you to pray for healing in the bodies of family members or even in your own body. I encourage you to pray for any situation that might be going on in your world. But at the same time, I want to remind you, don't just pray prayers that are about you. Pray prayers. We're asking for God's heart to be poured into your heart so you can love his kids the way he wants you to. For a second, too, I just want to celebrate and say thank you so much to those folks that are in the boat and you got an oar in hand and you have not forgotten what this thing is about. I just want to say thank you. 
I just want to say thank you to the people that are like, hey, I'm not making this about me. Yeah, I could have gotten offended, but what would that do to help anything? I am here on mission to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Thank you, everyone that comes early, stays late, keeps on praying, and not just here on Sunday. Thank you for those of you who understand when you go to school on Monday or you go to work on Monday, that that's your mission field. You're headed to some wreckage as well. You are there to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Thank you so much. Just as a quick aside, too, I don't, I don't need people to serve because we need help. No. That's not why we have people serve. We have people serve so that we can keep on killing our selfishness. We have people serve so that we can keep remembering that our lives are not about us, so that we can be, this can be an act of worship. And what this is doing the whole time, it's actually strengthening you so that you have the strength you need to pull people out of the water when they need to come out of the water. Because if you just live a life that's about yourself, when it comes time to pull somebody out of the water, you have not worked your muscles enough yet because everything has been centered on you. But when you serve, when you give, when you pour, when you love, even when it hurts. It's God building up on the inside of you the strength you need for the reason that he put you here on this planet. Okay. I got another one. I got another one. I got another one. No boat competition. No boat competition. Here's one church and here's another church and I am tired of churches Yelling at each other, arguing with each other, bickering with each other, tearing down each other, trying to one-up each other. Friends, this is not a boat competition. We are about pulling people out of the water. That's why God has put us here. We at Shoreline City are not in competition with any other church in our community or in our world. We are on the same team, headed the same direction, trying to see the sons and daughters of God pulled out of the water. That's why we celebrate every time a church grows, every time a church is planted, because this is not about our kingdom. It's about his kingdom. No boat competition. I love this. I love, I love this. Now, here, here's the thing. If Shoreline City is a boat, another church is a boat. When another boat comes to the community, what sense does it make for this boat to talk to people in that boat and tell them, leave your boat? Come to my boat. I already got a boat. (laughs) I'm in a boat. I I, I got an oar. (laughs) Why are you talking to me? It's easier. (laughs) It's easier than getting in the water. You just come over here. But the Bible does not say. There is rejoicing in heaven over 99 people going from boat to boat to boat to boat. The Bible says there's rejoicing in heaven when one person is pulled out of the water and is put in a place where they can be formed into the image of Christ. 
So we, I celebrate. I celebrate. Y'all, I, I need to do a better job of telling you guys this. But because you're so generous, we're able to be so generous as a church. You guys are helping. Last year, you helped plant like 80 churches all around the world. That's what you guys sent rescue boats into communities all over the world. I met with a guy a couple of months ago. He was coming here to Dallas. He wanted to sit with me. He's starting his church in Uptown, and he wanted to get with me and go, hey, uh, what'd you guys do? And I just want to learn from you. And I was sitting there with him, and I heard that they had a gap in, in their money, like in the money they were trying to raise. I was like, hey, we can help with that gap. Our church is so generous. We're all about the kingdom. We're so glad you're here. We'll help fill that gap. He was like, what? Are you serious? I'm like, yeah, this is, the, this is God's city. We're so excited. Our boat, just so you know, Shoreline City's boat, is not big enough to get everyone that's in the water. We actually need some other boats to come into the community. So I was so excited that he's here. I'm like, yes, man, we got your back. I remember when Gateway was that they used to be out like in South Lake, and then they came from the Holy Land, and they came here uh, to Dallas. And I'm so glad that they came. Why? Because we need more boats that in, in the water, more people to be rescued out of the water. I heard Hillsong coming to Dallas. I heard this other guy that's in McKinney's. He sent me an email the other day. He's like, hey, I'm coming down here to Dallas to start a church. I'm like, yes, we are with you. We are for you. We have your back. Go give money. We're praying because there's no boat competition. When you get here, though, remember, if we're over here working, you Keep on working, but grab the people that are in the water and put them in the boat because we are about the people that are in the water. We're not about the people that are already in a boat. This is not good for somebody else. This is good for us. I need my friends who, I, who know they're supposed to be up here to come up here. My friends who know they're supposed to be up here to come up here. Some of you are like, oh, this is my chance. This is my chance. Yes. <laughs> I knew he was going to call me. I knew he was going to call me today. Today's the day. I believe I can fly. You no, know, no, no. It's not your moment. As you have, uh, these people are get, getting, getting in the in the boat. We, we here, we here are trying to go and pull people out of the water. See. We have had something that we've been praying for, man. We've been praying, we've been praying, we've been working, we've been working, we've been giving. Some of us have been fasting, we've been crying out to God. God, please, God, please make a way because we have, we have two campuses that we've been trying to, to get off the ground, but we haven't been able to find a place to meet yet for our Bishop Arts location and for our North Dallas location. But I'm happy to announce to you today that we have found locations for both our Bishop Arts campus and for our North Dallas campus. We are able to send Send these boats into the water and rescue people out of the water. I am so fired up about this. Man, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. When we send, when we send this team to Bishop Arts and when we send this team to North Dallas, we're not sending them there to go get people that are in other boats. We're sending them there to go get people that are in the water. People, people that maybe there was a day they were fully in the boat, but life hit them. Used to be a pastor. Used to be leading. Man overboard, yes. My wife just said. We're sending Bishop Arts. There's North Dallas out there. There's North Dallas team out there. 
to go get every, every single, every single one of them. And if somebody comes from another church, they say, oh, we love you so much. Hey, you can stay, stay planted at your church. That's, that's good for you. Okay, that's really, really good for you. We, matter of fact, we love your church. You've even never heard of it. We, we love it. It's the best church ever. Because we're after people that are in the water. This Bishop Arts, wait. Yep, Bishop Arts. Yeah, Bishop Arts over here. You guys look beautiful today. Especially you. You're awesome. Uh, this this Bishop Arts uh, team, uh, we're actually going to be starting a Sunday night service in Bishop Arts. So really, really excited about this. So those of you are like, man, I've been looking for a night service. You got one. You can go uh, to Bishop Arts. We're going to be meeting at a place called Chimes. It's a, uh, like a hotel slash like wedding venue, really, really fun, cool, alive, hip. I'm so excited about this. We'll be meeting there on Sunday nights. I'm pro- we're probably going to start that one next week. I mean, we're just like going. Boom. You ready, team? <laughs> yes. North Dallas uh, o- o- over here. Oh, we actually have our North Dallas Bible study uh, tonight as a quick aside. Um, but this will be our last Bible study because in March, uh, we're going to send this whole boat out there and start meeting weekly. But this will be on Sunday mornings in North Dallas. So we're meeting at a place called the Sandman Hotel, which is right there near the shops at Legacy. We're really, really excited about this meeting on Sunday morning, sending this team out. Let, let, me, let me say this, too. Let me say this. Some of you have, like, that, that itch for, like, new stuff. Like, ooh, I like new. I like new. I like new. Give me something new. Give me something new. You like a new challenge? You like getting your fingernails dirty? Hey, come on. Join one of these teams. We would lo- we'd absolutely love to have you. If you're like, man, I kind of want to know everybody who's on the team and know everybody who's, uh, who's in the church. This is perfect. Now, don't come there with a small mindset. They'll come with a mindset, oh, us four and no more. I just want those who are in the boat and nobody else who's in the boat. No, wrong mindset. I need you going there, knowing the team, bringing unity, bringing strength, but then understanding you're there to pull people out of the water. That is why you are there. I'd love to have you join the team. Now, don't everybody try to leave White Rock, though, okay, because we got plenty of people in the water here every single week, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. What part... God calling you to play. I want you to play it. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor right now, if you wouldn't mind. Stretch your hands towards the Bishop Arts team, towards the North Dallas team. I ask you to stretch your hands because we're family. We're sending people out. We're going out as well. Even if we're staying at White Rock or at our Antigua campus, we're, we're going out as well. Full backing, full unity as we go to pull people out of the water. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this Bishop Arts team. Thank you, God, so much for this North Dallas team. Thank you, God, that your hand is on their lives for such a time as this. Thank you that you're working in their hearts, in them, in their souls. And I pray, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that there would be a fresh fire, fresh vision, fresh life that would be poured out on every single one of them. I ask for unity to be on these teams. I come against division and dissension and frustration. And I pray, Lord God, for a spirit of humility and also, God, for us to have a kingdom mindset and 
all that we say and all that we do. Would you give us your heart for your people? I pray, Father God, that there would be a revival that would take place in Bishop Arts. There would be a revival that would take place in North Dallas. But, Father, we're also praying that in the White Rock area. We're praying that, Father God, in Antigua. And we're praying that for every single rescue boat that you're calling us to send out. Father, we will be your hands and your feet in our generation doing what you called us to do, going where you called us to go. We thank you that no weapon formed against us is able to prosper, that we will kick down the gates of hell. And we, Lord God, will see heaven invade earth in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We pray all of these things. Blessings, God, not just even on our church, but on the big C church. Let every church be a prevailing church and rescuing and pulling people out of the water. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can we clap our hands today, church family? I'm so excited about the future. Hey, thank you guys so much. Y'all did a great job. Y'all did a great job. Hey, uh, we're just about done. Just about done. I'm in a boat. (laughs) I'm on mission. Every day you wake up, you're on assignment. You're on assignment. I thought I was just going to work. No, you're on assignment. I thought I I was just a student. No, you're on assignment. I thought I was just a stay-at-home mom. No, you're on assignment. I thought I was just a businesswoman. No, you're on assignment. I thought I was just, you know, uh, an owner of this plumbing company. No, you're on assignment. Cannot wait to see what God is going to do. Hey, uh, I got to shut this party down, but my, my, last, my last story, I'll, I'll be finished. Is I remember uh, a couple of years ago, our middle son, Grayson, uh, it was his second day of kindergarten, supposed to come home on the bus. My wife and I were at home waiting for him, and, and he was not on the bus. Our older son, Parker, got off of the bus, came to us panicked. Mom, Dad, Grayson is not on the bus. I raced out, stopped the bus, walked up and down the aisle, looking at every kid, looking under the seats, trying to try to see if my son was there. He was nowhere to be found. Get off the bus. I tell Onika, we jump in the car. We don't know where we're going because we have no idea where he is. We just start calling the school, headed towards the school, trying to figure out what the heck happened. Some 10 minutes go by. We discover that Grayson was put on the wrong bus, brought to the wrong neighborhood on the other side of town, dropped off in that neighborhood. They said, oh, we found him. We'll bring him to you. I said, no, you will not. You keep that bus right there, and we are going to him. And we got there. Our son jumped into our arms. This is the picture of the church. God has lost sons and daughters. They got on the wrong bus. They're in the wrong neighborhood. And you and I are the ones that leave where we are with our oars as quickly as we possibly can, driving to the lost and the hurting, saying, hey, come on home. That's our mandate as a church family. We've been called to mobilize, to make it on earth as it is in heaven. If you wouldn't mind, church family, bow your heads for just a moment. Bow your heads for just a moment. If you're under the sound of my voice today, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ. You've never made him number one. You've never made him first. 
If you're honest with yourself right now, you would say you're in charge of your life. Jesus is not. Put another way, you remember there was a day you were in the boat, but you've gone overboard. You're in the water right now. You just need to come home. You need to come home. Or maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, but this is the moment. Sense the grace of God knocking on your heart saying, son, daughter, it's time to come home. If that's you here, you've never given your heart to Christ or at one point in time you did and you slipped away. Today you're ready to give your heart and your life over to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do something simple but something incredibly bold. On the count of three, I literally want you to shoot your hand in the air and say, yes, that is me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just shoot your hand in the air. You're saying, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. We have friends putting their hands up all over this place. It's a moment of transformation and a moment of a new start, a new beginning. Sins being forgiven, going from darkness to light, going from lost to found, going from dead to alive. This is a moment. I'm going to ask everyone in this place to do me a favor. Every person, put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. And I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. I want you to say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's lift our heads up and clap our hands with enthusiasm for every friend and family member of ours. Woo!